Oh, hello, all, and welcome to the second ever episode of Artist vs. Mogul, where we take a major pop culture figure and discuss them on a binary. Are they an artist or a mogul? That is to say, is their modus operandi at its core about the expression of imagination and creativity or the accumulation of wealth and power? My name is Dan Foster, your host with maybe not the most, but like a medium amount. Uh, and I am here uh, to my left. Uh, Sorry, to my right, the Prince of Persuasion, the Deacon of the Dialectic, Josh Whitaker. Josh, <laughs> how are you? I'm good. Number two, ready for it, man. Uh, I don't know if I brought enough beers this time, though. There are 16 in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, to my left, my little hot take cupcake, Joel Sinensky. Joel, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great, Dan. Uh, thank you for that introduction. Uh, I don't know that I would love to be called your hot take cupcake <laughs> just for the indeterminate future. I think that was like a funny thing that you said in the first one. I don't know that that is what I would really like the entire uh, my, my, my kind of nickname to be on the show. But, you know, uh, that's just my that's where I'm at right now. Well, that is what you're going to be known as. You actually telling me that makes it more likely that I'll call you that forever. Uh well, you see, this is honestly the reason why I was hesitant about doing a podcast with you, is that exact kind of logic that your brain does, but uh, I guess there's nothing I can do. <laughs> it seems like that's just kind of where I'm at. So, uh, all right. Well, great. That was a beer. That was a beer. You held it right up to the microphone. I appreciated <laughs> that. Um, now the whole world knows. Uh, so let's talk Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg is a writer, director, producer of massive regard. He made Jaws, E.T., Close Encounters, Jurassic Park. The list goes on. And most recently, he the made Schindler's Ready. List. He, yep, he made Schindler's List. Very the good job. Schindler's List goes on? Uh, oh, oh, actually, you did make a very good <laughs> joke. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> that was very good. So, and most recently, he made Ready Player One. But are you ready players one and two is he an artist or is he a mogul so let's go around the room and everybody tell what you think josh let's start with you oh man um big Spiel spielberg fan I, really when i was trying to decide what stance to take on this it's like how much credit do i want to give this guy or how much do i want to take away from him um i think it's going to be pretty undeniable after you hear my my talking points that Steven Spielberg is a mogul. Uh, great. Um, so I also am a big fan of Steven Spielberg. I'm, I'm excited we're doing this. I think movie directors are great for this discussion because there's just so much involved that they have to be a little bit of both. But uh, after, after some consideration, I do think that Steven Spielberg at his core is an artist. Great. Um, I'm also very excited about it, guys. Also a very big fan of Steven Spielberg. We all are big fans of Steven Spielberg. But I'm going to have to side with Josh. I think dude's a mogul. So let the opening arguments commence. Since you're in the minority, Joel, why don't you begin? Great. Second episode in a row where I'm in the minority, which just <laughs> goes to show that I uh, think outside the box, that I have a hot, that I have hot takes. Um, okay, so uh, 
Steven Spielberg is it, it, it is very close with him because to be a huge movie director, you have to have a lot of mogul tendencies. You have to be really good with people. You have to be good at organizing. There's a lot. It's just it's such a massive endeavor to make a movie, let alone a huge budget movie. There's a lot of mogul stuff that's involved. But when you look at his filmography and you look at his career, my feeling about Steven Spielberg is that he has been guided primarily by a desire for expression. What's interesting is that his way of expressing himself is through creating entertainment. I feel like his aesthetic, what he is, who he is, what deep inside him is a desire to create entertainment, where in many ways I think was a bit of a reaction against the Hollywood movies in like the 60s and 60s and 70s uh, that were very, um, you know, a lot of very kind of artsy movies influ influenced by Europe. I think he sort of reacted to that by wanting to make more propulsively entertaining <coughs> movies that anyone could watch and like. But I, and by doing that, he basically changed Hollywood. He basically created a whole new class of directors, many of whom are moguls. I think many people who followed him and emulate him are moguls. But like many of the people who start something and change things, I don't feel like he himself is indicative of all the people who have followed him. I think that he, at his core, is about expressing a personal aesthetic. The aesthetic that he's expressing just so happens to be extremely entertaining blockbuster movies. Wow. A hot take from the hot take cupcake. <laughs> so, Josh, what do you think? You're on the side of mogul. How come? Uh, honestly... Joel, I, I feel bad because uh, I feel like this is going to be ganging up on you this episode because, uh, you know, I, I, as much as I know about Spielberg, Spielberg's movies, I, I did watch his documentary and Dan's fresh off his documentary. So I'm going to be looking to Dan for a bunch of back. I also watched the documentary. Oh, you did see it. Good, good, good. I mean, it's it's I, I'm going to be in a position where I need some facts to back up some of the stuff that I'm saying. So so Dan's going to have to have my back on a lot of that. No surprise there. <laughs> But um, so here's my thing, uh, and I'm gonna lead with a question, but you don't have to answer it now, Dan. Like, is Steven Spielberg a pioneer? When you're a pioneer, and you create um, kind of avenues for other people, like you're saying, people that followed him, um, and kind of change the industry that you're in, and stay at the forefront without just being a. Because when you look at a lot of artists, um, maybe the Picassos of the world or um, Van Gogh, people like that who uh, kind of really embodied a style but didn't necessarily, uh, I think like mostly posthumously got credit for that and they weren't really like leading a charge on what they were doing. Um, like I feel like Spielberg has actually capitalized on the, uh, you know, just the, the avenues that he's created instead of just kind of making uh, – uh, style and and people following that uh, whether he whether they should or not he's kind of stayed in like the top of his game and that's kind of i think made him you know the the biggest the best of the best mm. here's what i think here's what i think is why he's a mogul i think he wants to be an artist but he's not i think he desperately would like to be an artist like some of his contemporaries like scorsese like de palma and he wishes he would, but he is not. He made 
the color purple, which is like, can you imagine if someone like Steven Spielberg directed the color purple right now? The internet would explode, right? So that's someone who like read a book and was like, ooh, I like this book. I want to make this movie. What an artsy movie I'll make, <laughs> the color purple. But it's not art because it is art as reflected through the mogul mindset. And therefore, everything he makes, like he took the color purple and he made it like bright and colorful. <laughs> and that's a gritty ass book, right? right? What he is doing is he is taking other people's art and he is making it palatable for the masses, mm. which is a mogul move. Mogul moves. <laughs> he don't gotta dance. <laughs> he make <laughs> mogul moves. <laughs> that's uh, a mogul move by, uh, it's a Cardi B mogul move. Patented, trademarked by, obviously, Cardi B. <laughs> Thanks for that, Dan. Uh, I, I, you know, that is kind of a good point. Uh, it's, I, I really think that this discussion is going to come down to almost a fundamental question of Spielberg's aesthetic. Like, what drives him? Is it an artistic aesthetic or is it a business-minded aesthetic? And I really do think I, – I, I agree the color purple is a very sh kind of – it, like it, it takes a gritty book and makes it palatable for uh, an audience, but I just think that Spielberg, when you look at all of his filmography, you look at all of his movies, when you look at the vast range of genres that he covers, you can see that the thing that drives him is a desire to entertain the audience, and I really think he's driven by that in a fundamental core soulful way which may be seem like a contradiction but i feel like that's what drives him and it's obvious in his big blockbuster movies but even his m darker subject matter i mean the color purple kind of notwithstanding but schindler's list saving private ryan when he does i have a question darker stuff it still is very propulsive and entertaining and that's part of why it's so popular mm. yeah yeah uh did would you did steven spielberg invent the blockbuster Great question. Um, you know, I don't know that I am well-versed enough in film history to really answer that because I feel like there were massive, massive blockbusters in like the 1940s and the 1950s. I do think he invented what we consider the modern blockbuster. And sure. I think sort of what we see now in movie theaters, the Marvel movies, these huge action movies that and are just overstuffed. I do think that is all in a way modeled after his big move blockbusters from the from the 80s exactly and, and by design what is the blockbuster movie supposed to do make money make money right right but again <clears throat> i think it comes down to a thing of the person who creates something is not necessarily going to be driven by the same fundamentals that everyone who follows them are I driven agree. by i i think many of the blockbuster filmmakers who have followed in steven schwartz steven uh, steven Spielberg's footsteps that have modeled their careers after him are moguls and are driven by making hits and making money. But I do not think that the person who invented that kind of modern film uh, uh, filmography, that kind of invented that modern film language of a blockbuster, was necessarily driven by the desire to make money. I think he was driven by the desire to express himself in this particular way, and the way he expressed himself happened to connect with a lot of people. So I think the fundamental question with Steven Spielberg is, is taking... Because Steven Spielberg has a split filmography, right? 
for every Jurassic Park, there's an Amistad. For every, uh, you know, uh, Indiana Jones, there's a Munich, right? Dan, you wouldn't have to be browsing on IMDb <laughs> as you say this stuff, <laughs> given those <laughs> pauses in between. No. For every Ready Player One, there's a, um, let me just scroll. <laughs> there is a, did I say Munich already? <laughs> I'm going to say War Horse. <laughs> Right? When Warhorse is kind of a mix. But anyway, like, like he is clearly like someone who is a one for me, one for them. Mm-hmm. Right? Kind of filmmaker in a specific way. Now, my fundamental point is that I don't think his art is actually art. Right? And we have broached the topic that there can be shitty artists and there can be art-making moguls, right? right? But I think uh, he is thinking he's making art, but he's actually just taking what is art and making it more palatable and therefore making mogul choices. So, uh, I mean, I guess we have to look at his filmography to some extent and be like, is this art? Like, do you believe, Joel, that like Jurassic Park is art? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I think that the idea of delineating art in that way is incredibly pretentious. (laughs) I think that I have a huge, huge issue with people delineating that something is art and is not art. I think basically everything is art. I think anyone who creates art is making art. I don't think art should be a delineation. So I completely disagree with that. I think the Jurassic Park is art. I I think the Indiana Jones movies are art. I think this is actually art that's much better than a lot of the art that people would call art. But I think that uh, the overarching umbrella of if you are expressing yourself through the creation of something artistic, you are making art. And I just completely disagree with that on every level as an argument. But how do you really feel? (laughs) But look at like like Dan, Dan. You just watched the you're fresh off the HBO documentary, uh huh. And like, you know, his entire camp, his entire gang, was like they all seemed to have the same formula formula about making movies. So it seemed like very much not accidental that those dudes, De Palma, uh, Scorsese, Scorsese, George uh, Lucas, George Lucas, and what's the other guy? And Francis Ford Coppola. Like those guys all like pretty much in the same like 10 year span were just pumping out straight hits like it didn't seem like they were you know just trying to just kind of navigate through the through the ranks and make art they were just throwing down movies that like big budget movies like big stupid movies that didn't really a lot of them didn't make sense to people in the George Lucas's case you know uh, originally like people were like what is this supposed to be He's like trust me give me 200 million i'm going to flip that make it 400 you know <laughs> like uh, i don't know it just seemed like it was it was calculated that those dudes wanted to take over the industry mm. well it's also a worth noting uh with steven spielberg is his work as a producer right mm. like he is the founder of the first new movie studio, the first guy who said since the like 1930s that I am going to form a movie studio really? where dreams work. 
That is a mogul move with a capital M and a capital O, then a capital G, then a capital U, then a capital L. That's a mogul move. I agree that's a mogul move. Um, so look, w- Spielberg has a lot of mogul in him. This is He likes producing things. He likes making money. He likes having power. That is all basically in our Shit ton of money. Shit ton of money. He likes he likes all of that. So I think he it is a tight it's a tight squeeze there. But I just think when you look at him and you look at what he's done, he has been so iconoclastic in the kind of stuff he's done. He's made so many things that have been so frequently replicated and imitated. He has cr- he doesn't feel like he is ever following the beat of someone else's drum. He's always creating something new. And yeah, what he creates is the modern blockbuster. What he creates is movies that are propulsively entertaining and will appeal to a huge global audience. But I think that that is what he has within him. I think that is what he wants to do and wants to make. And, you know, the DreamWorks thing is a pretty good argument. Uh, you know, it, it's it's the first one you've made, Dan, that isn't just, ex- just flush with, like, <laughs> a emotion, like emotion and just a kind of blatant disrespect <laughs> of Spielberg. But um, it, 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 I just feel like at his core – he wants to direct movies, and everything else he's done has been an offshoot of that. And at his core, I feel like he wants to express himself, and he wants to express how he wants to move the camera, how he wants to unfold things, how he wants to show the audience what's happening with the camera. And the way he does that is very, very, very entertaining. But I think that that is what drives him is a desire to express and to use the camera in new ways and to use visuals in new ways. And I feel like everything else is an offshoot of that, and everything else is about holding on to control and power in Hollywood where often the creative side does not have a lot of power and I just feel like it's it's about what the central thing is it's not about everything else he does it's about the central thing that drives him and I don't think he's driven by a desire to produce other people's movies and to make a lot of money I think there's other directors who are driven by that I think he's driven by desire to make his own movies and express himself and you and just learn how to use the camera and how to show things uh, real quick, he's the executive producer of the Transformers franchise. So, <laughs> if you're making Transformers movies, you're a goddamn mogul, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Um, Josh, so uh, wait, honest, honestly, uh, Michael Bay artist. <laughs> Are you serious? That that is going to be a subsequent episode because I hate that so much. Uh, no, I, I well, yeah, for I would definitely. I mean, bad 100%, boys. Is, I would bad argue, boys is straight up art. I would no. I would again. There can be shitty artists. There can be artists making bad art. That is something that we established in episode one. You both think Drake is a shitty artist. There are artists who make shitty art, but Michael Bay is an artist. Save it for another episode. We'll do it after the Lil Wayne one. But that is for sure a take that I have locked and loaded. I don't know if I explicitly ever said Drake was a shitty artist. I just want that. Neither did I. The record. Yeah, you you have a real persecution mentality. (laughs) 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 All right, so. Let's kick this just for a second, uh, unless you've got something you want to get off your chest, Josh. I kind of do, but I could probably pump it in later. Okay. Yeah, just pump it in whenever you feel like it, bro. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Now I'm gonna because I want it's really gonna come from you two. I want to just throw it out there and see. A, do you think this is a true story? And B, what does this mean about who Steven Spielberg is? Yeah. It's it's from the documentary. I think I'd heard this story before, but um, <laughs> how Spielberg goes into the what? Walks on the Warner Brothers lot is Universal. It? The Universal lot, mm-hmm. and 
just posts up in an empty office like he fucking runs the place. Yeah. And ends up working there. Yeah. Right? Correct. What the A is that true? B. Yeah. What he, kind of person does that? For those of you unfamiliar, basically Steven Spielberg snuck off a tour bus <laughs> that he was on. He left and hid in the bathroom until the tour bus left, and then he just started meeting and befriending different directors and producers, set up an office within the Universal lot, and just started making mogul moves. <laughs> like All right, so, uh, so I did watch the documentary. I did not watch it an hour ago. Like, Dan, <laughs> I watched it when it came out, so I had forgotten that story. Uh, hearing that now... The, I, I, it is hard to argue <laughs> that that is a uh, that that's a mogul move, um, and I'm honestly just processing it right now because I've forgotten about that because I did my homework in advance. <laughs> All right, well let's then jump as Joel grapples with his entire hot take. Uh, let's go into one of my favorite things, which is the cross media comparison, right? So obviously you pre prepared that before. Uh, Josh just shook up your entire world, but uh, let's talk cross-media comparisons. So uh, for me, Steven Spielberg is the Bruno Mars of filmmaking <laughs> in that he makes things that are unquestionably what people want to hear. He yeah. makes yeah. pop yep. art, if oh. we're saying it art, right? Like, mm -hmm. he pop makes movies. popular movies, yeah. unquestionably. But... With the exception of a few songs that are not as popular, right? Just like Spielberg, I don't feel like I ever move, I ever leave uh, one of his big hits with Bruno Mars or uh, with Steven Spielberg knowing a lick about who he is. Hmm. And so, hmm. like, I understand that with Bruno Mars, there are a couple things he likes. Um, he likes strawberry <laughs> champagne all night. <laughs> I know that, but I don't know <laughs> what he loves. I know what he likes. Right, right, right. Lucky for you, that's what he likes, <laughs> but I don't know what he loves. Uh, and I feel like it's the same thing with Steven Spielberg. He makes great pop that wow. doesn't really uh, in any way show who he is, with the exception of a few um, minor movies and maybe, uh, I guess, Schindler's List. That was a good one. Thank you. Yeah, that was good. Um, that's interesting. I, I, you, I, you did not have me at first, but you, but as you spoke, I was convinced. Um, my comparison is not in the music world. In fact, it's not even in this century. <laughs> my comparison is with Charles Dickens, because I feel like what Charles Dickens did to the novel is very comparable to what Steven Spielberg did to movies, where. Uh, again, I'm kind of pulling out from like AP English class from like you know 12, 15 years ago, whatever. Uh, so this may be a little uh, inaccurate, but I believe that you know novels were obviously the main form of entertainment during the time that Charles Dickens was alive, but they were still very often very dense, very intellectual. And Charles Dickens wrote pop novels. He wrote novels that people were desperate to read. They were published in installments. People wanted to read them. He was super rich, super wealthy. I remember reading in one of those um, children's, like kids' books about 
writers and artists that Charles Dickens would like to have 40 oysters a night for dinner was something that I read when I was maybe nine years old and has stuck with me to this day that he loved oysters that much because he was that fucking rich. But basically, I do think that Charles Dickens was driven by a desire for self-expression, and I think his innate aesthetic, the innate thing that he wanted to write was something that was very propulsive and entertaining and made people want to turn the page, just like I think the innate soulful thing that Spielberg wants to make and wants to shoot is stuff that keeps people at the edge of their seat. Charles Dickens never wrote a really slow plotting novel at least by the standards of that time period and Spielberg has never made a really slow art housey movie even his more serious movies are propulsive and are entertaining because I think there are two people who share that innate desire to entertain and that's what drives them awesome uh it's funny I'm kind of going to use the exact your exact argument in the on the opposite side when I say that Harry Houdini is the Spielberg of his time in a cross-media comparison. Houdini, I... These are both really sophisticated comparisons, <laughs> I must say, particularly compared to Bruno Mars. I just, have to, I just have to tip my hat to you on that one. I feel like we both really dug deep. We went into history, and I'm just very proud that this is this kind of a show. We have this level of discourse. You guys are so intellectual. <laughs> oh, my gosh, don't... Don't strain your arm patting yourself on the back. Jesus. <laughs> All right. I was Look. patting Josh on the back. I believe. I was not. I didn't yeah. interrupt. Like, I just like to say the Charles Dickens comparison was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I did not do that. I was praising Josh. Yeah. Yeah, you no, said those both, bad. so you were you were looping yourself in with your compliment. It's like if I went up to Josh and I was like, "Oh man, both of us, we're both really handsome. Oh, look at us. Oh, just a couple of lady killers over here." Mm-hmm. God damn. Go into Harry Houdini. I love it, man. Houdini. Um, just like we were talking about, and just like you said earlier about how Spielberg kind of paved the way for um, kind of a style or a type of movie which i'm saying is the blockbuster movie the money making movie there's no fucking magicians making millions of dollars in the late 1800s and shit <clears throat> harry houdini first of all didn't know magic he's not a magician he he's a, he's an escape artist really and when you think of harry houdini you think of him as the like most famous music magician of all time right when was the last time Steven Spielberg directed a movie? He did the the post, right? Did he direct that? Oh, he did the Ready Player One. It just came. Oh, out. he directed that. He did the post too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's like, uh, eventually you get to a point where you're like, you make a lane that like you know you can be successful in, so you're never gonna get cut out of that lane. You can other people will, other people getting more famous really just puts you higher and higher on a pedestal because you're doing the Houdini thing, you're doing the Spielberg thing, which. I, I won't I won't take it from you that those things aren't rooted in art. It's still, entertainment is art at its core. But what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for life. You're making sure your kids are never going to have to eat because they're getting that movie money, not the Spielberg money. Movies. You make movies, you're doing Spielberg. You make you do magic, you're doing Houdini, right? Josh, I have to say that was an excellent speech, just <laughs> like the one I gave. <laughs> and honestly. You look great while doing it, much like I look great when I was delivering my own speech. And I just really, I just have to give a praise to to you for how much like me you did a great job there. 
Uh, and real quick, uh, before we uh, jump on uh, to the next thing, is I believe the story with Charles Dickens is that he was uh, totally and 100% broke, and that's why he started writing pop uh-huh. novels. That he actually sacrificed uh, his um, entire uh, sort of like artistic desire, uh, and he sublimated that in order to make a bunch of money, uh, which is... A what, Josh? Mogul move. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't remember that part (laughs) from the kid's book that I read about the writers and artists. I just remember 40 Oysters, which is a a, a feat that I still am uh, striving to achieve someday. Uh, Amazing. All right. So, uh, guys, uh, let's jump into uh, alternate binary. Uh, which is a feature on the show, uh, in which we realize that our show is an arbitrary binary, uh, which is a nice little rhyming phrase I just came up with. Uh, it is artist versus mogul, but it could be any other pair of opposite adjectives. So my w- uh, question for us right now is, is Steven Spielberg original, or is he conventional? Uh, which is not necessarily an artistic statement, but is is what he... D- is doing something original and exciting, or is it him is making pop uh, stuff, popular stuff, conventional? So I'm going to say that he is original in that he basically invented what is now considered conventional. So I think if you look at him as just on a purely aesthetic level today, you would probably say what he does is fairly conventional, but because he was in many ways the first to do it and he invented the modern blockbuster and he blew the whole thing wide open, I feel like like every pioneer, like every iconoclast who creates a new mode of expression in any field, you have to say that he's an original no matter what kind of stuff he does or how conventional it might appear in retrospect. Mm. For me... You know, the first blockbuster was that train that came right at the screen and it made people scream. Do you remember that movie? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> not that's, that's the original. That's my hot take. Is that it? What? It's the original blockbuster. I thought you were to say the movie Birth of a Nation was the original blockbuster, which would be a very hot take. No, 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 no. It's when that train is coming right at the screen and people were like, "Is there an actual train coming right. at me?" And people were like, "No, it's just a movie of a train." So. I don't know. I, to me, it feels like to play to popularity is a conventional thing. It's not like people thought, oh, man, I wonder if this shark movie is going to scare people. I don't <laughs> – it's not a crazy idea. Like he's not coming up with something entirely different like The Godfather or Star Wars. It's a movie about a shark attacking a small town. I don't know if that's particularly original. Mm. It's about dinosaurs. Is that original? It's about aliens. Is that original? I mean, all of his movies are about fairly conventional things. Okay. Uh, I, I, I want to hear what Josh has to say. I think that that is a valid argument, though I do feel like that almost makes it so any director who does not write the stuff he directs, you would argue, is conventional. Because Spielberg doesn't write his script. So so it's, uh, I mean, I, th- I feel like the way you're describing it makes it seem like unless you are someone who writes their own material, you are by nature conventional, which is an okay thing to say, but I'm just wondering if that is your statement here. I don't think it entirely is, although I think his most unconventional movie is Close Encounters, which he did write. So, uh... I don't know. I uh, 
I don't quite know what I'm saying. Josh, save me. I think I think it's interesting that we every time we seem to do this uh, binary thing, we end up <laughs> like <laughs> so hard trying to stick to our argument about the artist versus mogul thing instead of just picking which one we agree that they are of the binary that we're talking about now. So here's what I'll say. Like Steven Spielberg is undoubtedly original. Okay. But only because he's a pioneer in what the conventional nature of movies became. But with a lot of pioneers, they'll, they'll pioneer an idea or they'll pioneer a style. They'll pioneer, um, just a way to do something and then just let the world have it instead of, I've been like, that's mine. That's your put my name on it. Here's the company that like, I want royalties on all you motherfuckers that, <laughs> that want to do some Spiel, Steven Spielberg shit. Guess what? I'm producing it. If you want to make a movie like this, I'm going to have a say in it. And like, you just, you, you kind of take over in that way. So it's like being an original person. I don't think uh, necessarily uh, takes away from the art. I mean, the, the being original is, is, is an artistic thing. Man, just beers popping all over this place. <laughs> We're just selling in. <laughs> please, please. Look, he's original, he's a pioneer, but what he did with that originality was uh, turn it into a business, uh, not, not just a business, but kind of made business have to do with him uh, and not let people create <clears throat> within that and, uh, yeah. and, and kind of, there, there's not another Steven Spielberg, essentially, and, and yeah. I think he's he's to blame for that. And I actually think you kind of convinced me on originality. I think you guys are right. I was being stupid and <laughs> being a hot take cupcake like old Joel. But uh, for me, uh, I think he is original in that he found an angle and then exploited it for moguldom. Right. Uh, and that is an – like anyone who is an entrepreneur it is in some ways original – uh, in that they are finding an angle no one has seen before. Filmmakers, entrepreneurs, uh, people who are uh, form their own movie studio oh, yeah, are yeah, entrepreneurs. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. That's a question for another podcast. All right, so we did alternate <laughs> binary. We did cross media comparison. How are we at in terms of time? Thirty-four. Hmm. Let's wrap this shit up. I think we are good, unless anybody's got something else they want to say. Um. Yeah. What? What did you tease? No, he said what he teased. It was yeah, the thing yeah. about um Spielberg setting up shop in an yeah, empty office at <laughs> Universal, which is an unbelievably mogul move. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say that. Uh, you know, you look at Spielberg's filmography. You say there is a, a certain a, a, a one for them, one for me sort of thing. Uh, some of the ones that I was thinking that illustrate his artistic tendencies are some of the stranger things in his filmography, like AI, artificial intelligence. Hashtag Netflix. The Terminal. Hashtag Netflix. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> you said stranger things. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you are ready to go with that. Are you just – Is anytime anyone says a Netflix show, are you just ready? <laughs> From now on, yes. Man, alive. Deep. Hang out with you is like a house of cards these days. <laughs> I got to say. Josh, you are glowing right now. <laughs> yeah. And I feel a little bit tanner, which makes me think orange is the new black. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I, I, I guess. So, you know, I, I honestly am 
deciding right now how I'm going to shake this out because you guys have made good points. And I honestly basically came up with my take on this pretty soon before we started recording <laughs> it's not like it's not a deeply embedded take in my in my heart and my soul but I, I do think the thing that i would look at with spielberg on the artistic side is how innovative he is with filmmaking techniques i think you look at him over the years you look at his movies you look at what he does with how he films things the saving private ryan intro um introductory sequence a lot of the stuff in minority report um a lot i was not uh, i was not a um huge fan of this movie but uh Warhorse has some inter- it has some very interesting sequences. So there's Bridge of Spies. It's like he always is pushing himself to, on a technical level. He's always pushing to find new ways of telling stories with a camera and finding new, more inventive, more propulsive, more exciting ways of using the camera on screen. That's something that has never stopped. It started when he with his first movies, and he's never stopped doing that. And I do think that is a thing that drives him. That I would not say is completely driven by. I want to make a hit movie. I don't think he gives probably – I'm sure he wants to make hit movies now, but he's proven himself time and time again. And I feel like the thing that is still driving him is a desire to innovate in that space, in the technical filming, filmmaking space. I do think he still wants to do something new with each new movie. Great. Um, and uh, my quick thought on that is there are those who innovate – who also are not necessarily artists. Like a lot of CEOs desire to innovate. That doesn't make them, that doesn't make artistry. Uh, so uh, one thing that I took from the documentary that I just watched is the way he directs actors, which is sort of my final thought uh, on my argument, is every single one of the actors said it was a good experience directing with them in, in some ways, but like Liam Neeson told this anecdote, Jeff Goldblum told this anecdote, uh, we watched live footage of him directing actors, and he thinks of them as puppets. He tells them how to blow the smoke out of their mouth. He tells them how to uh, like uh, look at the camera when, how to say line, he gives line readings. He, uh, Liam Neeson even said, you know, I felt like a puppet. And I don't want to do this. He was talking to Ben Kingsley. So for me, uh, you can be a control freak in some ways and be an artist uh, if you're working in a non-collaborative medium. Uh, If you are working in a collaborative medium uh, and you want to be an artist, then I think the joy of the art making is in the collaboration. Or to me, that's something that is very, very important. And I think if someone is controlling shots uh, and camera movement, maybe they're fine. But if you're controlling human beings in the way you want something to look, then you are not an artist. You are a mogul. You are trying to design something in a way to your your specifications, which feels very robotic and very mogul to me. Hashtag Jungle Book. Mo- Mowgli. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I just want to say that I uh, um, that's another thing that I p- kind of fundamentally disagree with. I, I think that Stanley Kubrick is 
s- said it was the same kind of way with actors, treated them as puppets, manipulated them. There's a whole thing in Doctor Strange about how he basically manipulated George C. Scott into giving the performance by telling him he wasn't shooting him and asking him to go bigger than he possibly ever would just for the sake of trying it out. So I, so I think you have – and I would think it's almost impossible to argue that Stanley Cooper was not an artist. So I think you're just talking at this point about differences in how they work, and I don't think – it's you can ever make a overarching umbrella comparison about that they're an artist or a mogul based on their method of working. I do think your point about innovation with CEOs is totally valid and totally makes sense. But in terms of the way they work with actors, I think there's probably a lot of filmmakers who are entirely driven by the image of the thing that they're making and are to- don't know how to talk to actors because actors are weirdos. I think we can all agree, and they're difficult to talk to and idiots. <laughs> That was Dan's addition to that, but uh, so I so I just don't think that parsing out the method of work is necessarily going to tell you that much. I, I do agree that maybe directors who are extremely collaborative with actors are probably more leaning towards the artistic side, but I don't think you can make any just set comparisons about this is how they work. So this is that they're a mogul or an artist, just like you can't say that their work is good, so they're a mogul or an artist. I think it's just it's a little more gray area than that uh, i think that's a fair point um <laughs> uh, both both really good points on both sides uh i just looked up something a second ago that was that i decided was gonna pretty much swing my vote one way or the other uh, based on this fact did steven spielberg have a producer credit on his own documentary <laughs> he did not <laughs> and like we talked about with drake and the power moves that moguls tend to make about making money and kind of uh, maybe Spielberg's not so much concerned with his image, but he would want something that his name was attached to to be uh, blockbuster esque, right? Would you would you would you agree with that? Mm, well, I don't know. So uh, also directors, by definition, the job description they direct humans. I don't care how robotic it is or not. Uh, telling a human exactly what you want them to do, however you'd like to do that, you're a director. That's what that's what you do. The doc, yeah, I, that's true. I mean, <laughs> um, the documentary point is interesting <laughs> because I think when people have a producer credit on their own documentaries, the documentaries are often viewed as uh, total kind of um, autobiography. Gla- no, like glamour pieces. Like if oh, you had yeah, a right, right. producer credit, like I don't know if you guys saw the uh, Joan Didion documentary that was on HBO, who's one of my favorite writers of all time. I Never love her. Well, she's great, uh, and her she's and the awesome. documentary they made about her was a little bit too hero worshipy for my taste. And of yeah, course, she had a producer credit on it, and mm-hmm. her actual I think nephew was the director. But anyway, <laughs> so I could see that actually being a choice that Spielberg made because he actually wanted it to be a pretty a good documentary and didn't want people to look at it mm. as a sort of. Um, what, what's a, a what, what's a, not not a, a puff piece about her? Thank you, Dan. It's I, he didn't want to look at like a puff piece that he designed about him. Right. And also at the same time, that documentary is extremely pro Spielberg and extremely hero worshipy. So it still kind of worked out for him. But right. I could see him making that decision on. I have to say, kind of a mogul level by saying he didn't want to have his name attached as a producer because he wanted it to be viewed as an independent documentary about his filmography. So in that way, the fact that it's so effusive about him feels slightly less designed than it would if he had produced it. 
Interesting. Um, I'm kind of arguing against my own initial point it's here. Kind, but kind, I, of, kind of a mogul move to even like <laughs> manipulate it in that way. No, it is. It absolutely is. But, I fully agree. But I just think that that maybe is what he was thinking, which is soup, which is which is a mogul move. Here's, here's my thing, though, with with Steven Spielberg, um, the pioneer that he is and the way that he operates. He, he invented the blockbuster. I do think he intended to invent the the money-making machine, a vehicle to fucking double millions of dollars, triple millions of dollars by making movies. Um, but lots of your arguments and uh, kind of just the variety that he that he chooses to, the variety of topics he chooses to uh, create in and uh, just kind of, I don't know. I think I love Steven Spielberg way too much to just f- to throw him off the bus and call him some kind of money-hungry machine. I think he's a fucking artist. Let's be real. Whoa. <laughs> Once again, Josh has shifted in his opinion of whether uh, a person is an artist or a mogul. I, I, I actually take it not as a credit to Joel as an arguer. No surprise there. But I take it to credit Josh as a man uh, in that he is willing <laughs> to change his opinion if he hears uh, an argument that is... Slightly persuasive. Um, Not similar to you, the 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 big man in the room. Uh, thank you so much. So uh, Josh has voted. Uh, Josh has voted. Um, so I guess we're in our final ruling time. Joel, have you swayed your opinion? Well, this is very interesting <laughs> because I was thinking that maybe I was swayed. I have to be honest. You guys have made good arguments. Um, He's so close. I feel like this is a true 51-49 in either direction for him because to be someone that successful in the medium of filmmaking, you have to have a lot of mogul tendencies. You have to be able to work with a lot of people. You have to be able to manage a massive amount of people and money. And just it's like to be that big in this collaborative in art form and in this money heavy in art form you need to have a lot of business tendencies but (laughs) when i really look at his filmography when i look at the variety of what he's done when i look at the fact that he still makes a movie basically every year every other year i mean he's making still constantly making movies and constantly innovating in how he makes his films and and i just feel like at the core Again, 5149, but I think at the very core, the thing that drives him is a desire to innovate and a desire to take the things inside his head and put them on screen. And I think that desire is the thing that animates him more than anything else. So I'm still going to go on the side of artist. And I have to say I love this because now it goes to Dan, but really what he says doesn't mean anything because we've already decided for the episode. You stayed artist, right? Is that what that means? Yeah, so... Uh, I think if a man becomes a director, he can be an artist. I think if a man makes a production company so that he might shepherd projects and help out other artists, he's an artist. If a man forms a fucking movie studio, he is a mogul, unquestionably. And I hate you both <laughs> for saying otherwise. <laughs> You're... Dirty liars and cheats. Uh, I am sticking with Mogul. Uh, I am once again stranded in the minority, (laughs) and I lose. Because, no matter what I think, it doesn't matter. Because we have decided as a trio, as all arguments must be 
decided through simple majority <laughs> that Steven Spielberg is an artist. 